the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I'm glad that you chose to be part of this week's episode. I trust that your week has been awesome and I look forward to having a great time with you in God's presence. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this is a privilege you've given us to meet and share fellowship in your word, to be instructed in the way of wisdom so we can live the life you've ordained for us to live. Thank you that everyone watching now or may watch thereafter is imparted with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and their lives are upgraded from glory to glory in jesus much less name amen and amen once again god richly bless you i encourage you to share the link with many people friends and family so they can also be blessed through the ministry of god's word god richly bless you we bring in a closure to a series that i've been doing on a better me uh, i'm not sure i'll be able to exhaust it probably at the end of this episode i may switch on to something else and get back to it at a later date because you know every day every year of our lives we all aspire to be better so the subject of becoming better is not a subject you can just exhaust it even in the whole year's teaching so i would want to come up with something else or possibly I, I i'm not too sure for now but it's most likely that i may introduce something different after this particular episode well proverbs 4 18 has been our text the part of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter more and more onto a perfect day second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of our lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of our lord so we've looked at it in various aspects but last week specifically i began speaking to you about financial habits according to ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 19 it says a feast is made for laughter wine makes merry but money answers all things the good news version says that feasting makes you happy wine cheers you up but you can't have either without money feasting makes you happy wine, wine cheers you up but you can't have either without money it means that money can set the tone right in many areas of your life it can set the tone right in your marriage it can set the tone right in your own sense of joy and fulfillment it can set the tone right in your relationship there are people who just naturally gravitate towards you when there is money in your hands in fact the book of proverbs says that a, a rich man had many friends but the poor is hated even of his own brethren so you see money has capacity to do a lot of things for you and as much as money is this powerful money can also mess you up if you don't relate with it the way god expects us to relate with it and so we are looking at financial habit the text i use which i'm going to use again is luke chapter 15 verse 11 to 14 to illustrate the point further jesus told them this story a man had two sons the younger son told his father i want my share of your estate now before you die so his father 
father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son, this younger son, packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. This was a test we used last week, and we use it to establish the basis for excellent financial habits. We talked about four main things. We said that money can be wasted without an excellent financial habit. Money can run out like we saw in all, all of this in the story. Farmings are inevitable in life and money problems can mess you up and open the door to all many other problems you don't desire to have. Okay, so we started looking at some essential financial habits you and I need to cultivate in order to put our finances in shape. It's always important that we find, we put, we bring order and we put our lives in alignment with God's perfect plan and program for our lives, including our finances. If we are going to prosper, God's will is that we do well and prosper, but we must cultivate the essential habits that will engender our prosperity. You can't just pray your way into prosperity. You can't just wish prosperity. There are practical steps. You and I have been instructed by God's word to take in order to experience material prosperity, prosperity that relates to our natural and physical life. And so we started looking at eight essential habits that are very critical for financial success. Number one, we said, is a habit of diligence. You have to be diligent. If you are going to experience prosperity in your life, it's important that you cultivate the habit of diligence. Too many people are too lazy to experience prosperity. God's blessing is designed upon the work of your hands. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, will prosper. So what we do with our hands, what we do with our gifts, what we do with our abilities, our skills, will go a long way to determine whether we'll prosper or we will fail financially. And then, of course, we looked at the habit of giving God first place in our lives. This is very important. The earth is a loss, the fullness thereof. Psalm 24 tells us, the Bible said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow with it. That makes it imperative that we give God first place in our lives. God must not just be first in your life. In fact, God is actually first in your life when he's first in your finances because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So when we give God first place in our finances by honoring him with our first fruit, by honoring him with our tithe, we position ourselves, we rightly align ourselves with God's plan and purpose for our prosperity and then of course we looked at the need for us to budget budget and sticking with it you need to learn to budget you can't spend every money that enters your hand at least some percentage no matter how small must be put somewhere you have to budget 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 is excellent financial planning where you don't spend as you get but you spend as you plan when you budget you don't spend as you get you spend as you plan and then, of course, we talked about the habit of savings. This is where 
are ended. The Bible says something in the book of Deuteronomy 28 verse 4 and 5. It's interesting. The Bible was talking about the blessing of God resting upon the work of our hands. And it says, the blessing of God shall rest upon thy storehouse. Verse 5 says that the blessing, he will command his blessing upon thee. The blessing shall be upon thy basket and your kneading bar or your store. It shall be upon thy basket and your storehouse. Your storehouse is like your savings. It's like your bank account. The blessing of God rest upon it when you save the blessing of God rest upon it in other words when you fail to save you are robbing yourself a major avenue to walk in supernatural blessings savings is a blessing it's not just it it, is not just putting money away it is spiritual discipline you must cultivate the ability to put some money aside it is it will help you in times of crisis but much more it helps you to build capacity to be able to invest in in uh, uh, laudable or profitable opportunities it's always always important learn to save the discipline to save looking at our present economic challenges it's almost very difficult for you to say but hey if you must prosper and increase your capacity to become wealthy then it's important that you learn to save you must always learn not to live as you earn, but you must always plan your finance in such a way that you spend less than you get. If you spend less than you get, then you'll be able to save. But if you want to spend all that you get or more than you get, you will end up becoming indebted and you will not be able to succeed financially. So learn to save. Saving will help you in time of crisis. Saving will also help you to maximize opportunities to invest anytime it comes. Number five is a habit of continuous investment. This is key. The habit of continuous investment. The Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that also you shall reap. What you sow, you are entitled to reap. That's what scripture says. There's no debating that. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. And if you are able to invest, your investment will yield great dividends for you in future. Investment simply helps you to multiply your finances. That's very, very important. A lot of people have just one stream of income. And when you have one stream of income and something happens, you can find yourself in financial difficulty. So it's important. Anytime you have an opportunity, you are able to save. You are saving with the mind of finding a profitable adventure to invest in. There are two kinds of investment I would like you to know. One is direct investment and the other is indirect investment. When I talk about direct investment, I'm simply talking about investment that guarantees greater financial returns. Direct investment is investment that guarantees greater financial returns. If you have some money there, you put it in treasury bill or any other profitable, uh, what do you call it, investment portfolio. It will give you direct financial returns. But of course, there are also avenues where you can invest in some other things that will not bring you direct financial return, but indirectly it will go to augment your finances in the future. And that has to do with investment that adds value to you. Any investment that makes you valuable, any investment that increases your capacity to earn more, it is also an investment. And sometimes that will mean that rather than uh, get the money and save it, 
You will get the money and use it to pay your fees. You have finished your first degree. You want to do your second degree. Your parents are incapable of helping. Or you don't have somebody who can assist you. In the job you are doing, whatever you get from it, save some and use it to go back to school. When you finish your program, you see that you have become highly valuable. You will end up earning much more than you used to earn. And that is also an investment. Acquiring a degree or a master's program or any of that can help you become more valuable and make you more marketable and thereby earning much more. So that, those are the two forms of investment. Investing either in uh, some investment portfolio like treasury bill or investing in a profitable business. Sometimes somebody is doing a business and you can come into partnership with him and then uh, you'll be getting something out of it. And in this, our present era, under this uh, economic challenges presently in Ghana, the best form is a business avenue where there's a business that is doing well. It is even much more profitable than treasury. But of course, you need a faithful person to come into partnership or into agreement with such a one. Number Six is the habit of generosity. The habit of generosity. You have to understand that when you are generous, supernatural forces are released to help you to prosper. You must understand that prosperity has a dimension. There's a dimension of prosperity that involves the supernatural. You need the help of God. The Bible said, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that gives you power to get wealth. God doesn't give us wealth, but He gives us power to get. He gives us power to get wealth. And that power, the, the more generous you are, the greater that power is released unto you. God gives you capacity. He gives you divine ideas. He gives you strategic relationships that all work together to position you to experience greater fortunes. And that happens only when we live a generous life. You need to learn to be generous. The Bible said, there is one who scatters and yet increases. And there is that that scattered, there is that that withholded more than meat, but it tended to poverty. He says, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watered shall be watered also himself. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1 to 6. He said, cast your bread upon the waters, for you shall find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for you do not know what evil shall be upon the earth. The King James Version. He says, for if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree fall to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he that regarded the clouds shall not reap. Listen, what the preacher is simply saying is that there will never be a good time to give. That's why giving is an act of faith. Generosity is an act of faith. I have never met a generous person who is not somebody who lives his life by faith. And you, can, you don't have a choice. As a child of God, the Bible said the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Your finances will thrive when you learn to operate in faith. The Bible said by faith. Abraham went and offered his only begotten son, accounting that God was able to raise him up. It takes faith. Without faith, it's impossible for us to be able to live the generous life we are called to live. In verse 6, he said, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for you do not know when evil shall be, with, with, with that which shall prosper, either this or that. And so it's important. Scripture encourages us to learn to sow. We look around you. 
who is in need of your help? Who can you help? Who can you assist? It's very, very critical. Apart from giving to advance the cause of Christ, giving to advance, promote the gospel, giving to advance the, the programs of your church, you also need to look around you in the church and beyond the church. People who are in need, you can be of help to. But like I always say as a believer, your generosity begins from the house of God. Like they say, charity begins at home. The Bible said, as we have opportunity, let's do good unto all men. And then I would like to say, as you have opportunity and the resources required, let's do good unto all men, especially those in the household of faith. So if you are born again, you are looking for somebody to help. Apart from just giving your tithe, your offering, whatever else we are giving, if you are looking for a needy person to help, start from church. If you can't find a needy person in church, then you are permitted to look outside. The Lord bless you as you embrace this strong habit of generosity. And then, of course, the habit of staying debt-free. This requires a lot of discipline. You need to learn to live your life debt-free. I know people talk about all kinds of debt, good debt, bad debt, and all of those things. But listen, it's, it's important. It's as much as possible learn to stay debt-free. Because when the Bible said the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. The borrower is a servant to the lender. Once you live your life as a borrower, you will end up becoming a servant in life. You can't command financial dominion when you decide that you are going to work with a, a borrowing mentality. Every time you are borrowing, you borrow from this, you borrow from... Some people borrow, 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 and then they borrow from other people to pay that which they have borrowed. That's an indiscipline. You see, the reason why you must learn not to borrow is that borrowing is an act of indiscipline. And if you are not financially disciplined, there is no way you can experience financial success. And becoming financially disciplined requires that you train yourself not to borrow. It will force you to live within your means. It will force you to do things you have capacity for. It will force you to be patient with your life. Because there are people who are borrowing they are not supposed to borrow because they want to impress certain people. They want to uh, be seen to have arrived at a certain place. They want to be seen to be part of a certain clique or a certain group of people. You don't need that for any purpose. You have to be content with your own life. And that brings me to my final point, which has to do with the habit of contentment. The habit of contentment, of course. Contentment is key. Contentment is key. The Bible said, by godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment does not mean that there is no drive. You have no sense of vision or aspiration. That's not the meaning of contentment. Contentment means that you are grateful and thankful to God for your present level. And you are trusting, you are, you are relaxed and confident that God will take you to the next phase. That is a man who is contented. Contentment means that you are not competing and comparing yourself with other people. Because in life, it's like that at every stage in your life, somebody may be higher, uh, somebody may be above where you are. And if you keep, you are not content, you keep on comparing yourself with either those who are ahead of you or those who are seemingly better than you. 
you will not be happy with your life, you will not be able to enjoy your life, you will not be fulfilled in your life, and you will not even be able to appreciate God for what God has done with you. It's important that you understand that contentment is not a gift. Nobody is gifted with contentment. Nobody is gifted with it. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, he says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. You have to learn it. Learn to be content. Learn to be happy. Learn to be grateful. Learn to be appreciative of where you are. Your dreams and goals are in the future, and they are good. But while you aspire for greater things, learn to celebrate God for where you are. Because where you are is somebody's dream. Where you are is somebody's vision. Where you are is somebody's goal. You have greater visions that you want to acquire, greater dreams you want to achieve. But you must understand that your present level, that you are discontented and you are unhappy with, that is also somebody's ultimate destination. You need to learn to be content. Apostle Paul said, I have learned to be content. If you are going to work in financial health, financial success, and be prosperous according to God's way, contentment is something you must embrace. Increasingly, that's not a subject we talk a lot about in church. Our concern is having more and more and more and more and more and more. But listen, no matter how much you have, nobody will ever have more money. Money said that you will never be satisfied with it, actually. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. One of the things that kills the love for money is contentment. When you are content with what God has given you and what God has promised you, there is no way you are going to fall in love with money. When you fall in love with money, the Bible says you will never know contentment. He that loveth silver shall never be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance will increase. So you need to learn to be content. Content means you know how to live with much. You know how to live with nothing. When you have everything you have, you are happy. When you don't have all that you desire, you are also happy. That is a mark of Christianity. I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you. And as you cultivate and embrace this habit, I pray that your finances this year and the years ahead shall be better. It's my heart cry and desire that you become better financially. That you will excel and do well just as... Uh, the apostle John prayed. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in hell even as your soul prospered. You can prosper and not be in hell. But God's will is that prosper and be in health. And that's my prayer. That's my desire for you. That in this, in this new dispensation, in this new season, God will endow you with grace to prosper and to be in health. In the name of our Lord Jesus, may you do well in your finances, do well in your relationship, do well in your spiritual life, and excel in every area of your life. May 2023 and beyond see you always becoming better than you have ever been. In Jesus' precious name, God bless you, and we we'll look forward to having you join us same time next week for another interesting episode of Excel today. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified and by my confession, I am saved. Thank you 
for saving me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.